Okay, bus bench babes, the market has shifted and it's continuing to shift and you have listings. Listings are becoming slightly, we're going to use air quotes there, slightly more plentiful and you have a listing and now what do you do with it? How do you take that one listing and parlay it into additional business? That's what we're going to talk about today. Let's dive in. You're listening to the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast, where we invite you to check your ego at the app, grab a cup of coffee, and get ready to dive into all things real estate marketing, social media, friendship, hardship, love, money mindset, and all the things that celebrate you as a badass boss babe. We're here to encourage you, show up for you, give you a loving kick in the pants when you need it most, and be your soft place to land on the hardest of days. So pull up a seat at our table and get ready to be inspired and start living your best life by design. Welcome to the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast. We are so excited you're here. Okay, girls, let's dive in. Okay, Bus Bench Babes, it's Beth here doing a solo episode, and we're going to kind of do a deep dive into listings, why listings are so important, how they can make your life and your business better, easier, more profitable, and just really like, let's talk about it. We're going to go back to a lot of the basics here. So let's do this. So the market's been crazy. I think we can all agree the last few years have been sort of insane. I feel like we're, as real estate agents, we're all just kind of getting a chance to like come up for air and take a pause and like catch your breath a little bit. I saw something on social media today with Glenda Baker and she was being interviewed by Byron Lazine. I think I'm saying his name correctly. And she was talking about how like everybody was so weary that people just went on vacation this month or this, I'm sorry, not this month, this summer. And how it wasn't just like going around the United States. Like people literally like went to Europe. Like, and it's funny because I was thinking the same thing. Literally everybody that I know was in Europe this summer. And I'm like, I want to go to Europe this summer. So it's just kind of funny. Like I think all these realtors are like, tap me out. I'm like, I need a break and I'm going far, far away from my business and I'm going to regroup and catch my breath. So, um, so listings, the, like the old joke, I've been at this a long time, like 20, 25 years and something that was always so funny that they talked about in my, in my office when I was a super young agent in my mid twenties was, you know, an agent doesn't retire. They just run out of listings and they don't have any more listings. And so that just automatically like makes them retired. And it's sort of like this old joke, but it's on some levels, it's, it's kind of true. And they always say he, who he with the most listings wins. There's a lot of buyer's agents that swear by being a buyer's agents their whole entire career. But if you want to leverage your time and be able to take one piece of business and turn it into additional business, listings just tend to be a more lucrative and sustainable way to do that. So if you're a newer agent and you've strictly been working with buyers, I would encourage you to think about 
becoming a listing agent as well. And you can do both. It doesn't, you know, there's, there's some schools of thoughts that think you just have to do one or the other. I am in the school of thought where I believe you can do both. And my goal has always to be, have been, and I'm working towards being primarily a listing agent and how that benefits your business is you're going to be able to get additional pieces of business off of each listing if you're doing it the right way. And who doesn't want more business on something that they're already doing or from something that they're already doing successfully? Having more listings frees up your time. And what I mean by that is you aren't out showing houses at nine o'clock at night if you are primarily a listing agent. You might be doing open houses on the weekends, but you're not going to be driving to Timbuktu to show 50 houses to a buyer that may or may not buy a home from you. The deals many times come to you when you're the listing agent and controlling the inventory, especially in this market, that's been a super strong seller's market and where we've had insanely low inventory for the past number of years. You're going to really dominate the market if you have more listings. The more listings, the better. So let's look at this. So the last couple of years, it's been pretty, it's pretty, pretty wild. I know a lot of my real estate agent friends and myself included, there's just been times I've just been like weary. Like I get home and Mark's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yep. And I'm just really not even in the mood to even have any more conversation for the day. Like I feel, I literally feel like my body is like talked out. Like I've said my maximum number of words that I'm allowed for the day. And I I can't talk or think or make any more decisions about anything. And so now I'm having a chance to sort of like come up for air, catch my breath and it feels good again. And it's giving me like a rejuvenation for the business and getting back to the basics. So with the feeding frenzy with listings the last few years, I think a lot of agents and I'm going to raise my hand and I'm going to absolutely put myself into this category. I now I don't think I absolutely know that a lot of agents have really dumbed down their listings Um, because they knew a listing was going to sell. If it looked even sort of decent, even if it didn't a while back and you had it priced decent and you had, you know, some decent photos out there, your listing was going to sell. And there's a really strong possibility it was going to sell in multiple offers. And in, um, in our MLS, there's a section where it's all agent comments and don't get me wrong. I've been guilty of this, but there will be like specific comments in there, like use an offer cover sheet letter. And, you know, agent does not respond to phone calls, just text or email only. Most agents are not even reading this information. And every once in a while, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't read your information. Like when I'm with a buyer, but it, it's just made listing agents jaded, weary. Like they're there. A lot of them just don't even answer their phones anymore. So anytime I can get a listing agent on the phone, I'm like, thank you for answering your phone. Just to reiterate, like how grateful that I am that they gave me like a couple minutes of their time because being on the receiving end of that, I I've had listings where I'm like, okay, I have X, Y, and Z plan this weekend and we're launching this new listing. I know that I'm going to be fielding phone calls for a good portion of the, you know, especially the first day, first couple days, the home goes on the market. And then when we figure out about our highest and best with our multiple offers, there's going to be a lot of extra time involved that may or may not 
interfere with my personal life too. So you have to be really strategic, especially if you're, you know, if you have your finger on the pulse and you really know a property is going to go into multiple offers and it's going to be a hot one, even as this market's shifting, I was showing homes over the weekend, three of the two of the three homes I showed yesterday morning were under contract already with multiple offers. And so it's not to say even in a shifting market, you're not going to see multiple offers, but there's, there are key steps that you should be doing with every single listing to be able to capitalize and get you additional business. So now that the market's shifted, you want to be able to get more business. So like, what do you do? If you're a new agent, you might be like, Beth, I don't even know what the basics are that you're talking about. Um, What do I do? And if you're an old school agent, like I am, it's time for us to like bring out those old tricks out of our hat and really start working listings the way they should be worked. So let's just go through a list and I'm going to kind of give you my two cents on here's some things that I think are important. Here's some things that I think have just been sitting by the wayside. Are all your homes prepped and like really dialed in and ready to go on the market? That wasn't important for the last two years. I mean, obviously the homes that were really beautiful probably sold for more money, but homes that weren't beautiful were still selling. So I think that has created a little bit of like a laziness in listing agents. They're like, eh, you know, it's not how I want it to be, but it's still going to sell anyway. So who cares? Now is not the time to have that mindset and that attitude. Now is a time for you to like really have strategic conversations with your sellers. What does it really look like to declutter do we need professional staging? Does this home need, home need to be spotless? Do we need to get paint touch-ups? Do you need to put down fresh mulch? The answer to it, all of the above, is probably yes, 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 and yes. And photos. I mean, come on, agents. Like, how lazy have we gotten? Even this last week, I saw several homes on the market online that had photos that were taken with agents' phones come on. Like this is our business. We're in the business of marketing people's homes and we need to spotlight them and showcase them in their very best light. Professional photos are a not there. That's not a negotiable in my opinion, and it should not be in your business either. And do you have a home that is really beautiful? Maybe it backs up to wetlands. Maybe it's on acreage. Maybe it's one of those homes that's sitting on top of a hill that has the most spectacular sunsets. You need to be paying the extra money. Maybe you need to get dusk photos. So they come and take photos during the day and then they come back and take photos at night. Maybe you need to get aerial photos so you can get an idea or like, oh my gosh, look, it's adjacent to the lake and this is what this home offers or look at the pool or look at all the outbuildings, you know, whatever it might be. You need to make sure you're spending the money on the photos that really make sense. We have spent, our photographer also does like, I call them kind of like arty photos. So they will do more creative photos instead of doing like a big, you know, they'll do like the big wide photo of the room. But then if there's like small details, like say it's a really spectacular kitchen, I want them to do like the little cool close up details that are really going to grab somebody's attention. And if somebody's looking for a spectacular kitchen, I want to be able to like highlight those types of things 
for in a home and online. So then I'll pay a few bucks extra for like the RD photos or say a home is in a really awesome community and it has a lot of great community features like a community pool, trails, parks, all that sort of thing. You can usually have your photographer pay them a little a few extra bucks and they will go around outside of the home and take pictures of neighborhood features. So then if somebody from Connecticut is moving to Minnesota, they go online and they're like, oh my gosh, we didn't even realize there was X, Y, or Z in this community. And we're really into biking and look at all these trails and we love walking and walking our dog and, you know, look at the parks and, you know, whatever those special features are, you can pay your photographer to capture all of that. And then you can use that to market effectively. So another thing is, are you circle prospecting around all of your listings? Well, Beth, what does that mean? Well, I'm so glad you asked. So circle prospecting is either dialing. So having, being able to get a list of phone numbers of all the homes around the area. Um, You have to be subscribed to some of those different companies. Cole is a good resource where you can type in an address and then it will populate all the homes around it. And any phone numbers or emails that are available could potentially pop up and then you can call and say, Hey, um, I'm listing the new home. We're just, our, my team is listing the home at one, two, three banana street. And we are having an open house or this or whatever. Do you know of anyone that wants to move into the neighborhood? You know, if you think of anybody, if anybody comes to mind, can you send them my way? You know, there's all different ways to do this, but just letting people in the neighborhood know that you have a home coming on the market. Um, This is also a super awesome opportunity to door knock. Some people are really scared of door knocking, but what I love about it is that if you're doing it on a nice day, you're getting exercise, right? Um, You're out in the fresh air, you're out of the office, out from behind your desk. And we are in this real estate is like a contact sport. The more people you meet, the more connections you make, the more people you talk to, the better your chances are of selling a home. So if you're out and about and meeting people, I just think it's the added bonus of the business. Um, And maybe another old school tactic is sending out coming soon postcards. They can be done in a way on Canva where they feel really fresh and updated and don't feel like wah, wah. So just make sure that when you're you're thinking about how you're going to market the property, what does the marketing say about your business and your style of how you do business? So obviously you have the home that you're marketing. So the home is what it is. It might be beautiful. It might be dated, but how do you showcase that type of property in its best light? Could the marketing on a really dated house be, you know, come with your ideas and make this house your home, your own. Maybe it's in an awesome school district, but it's a cute little granny house. I love talking about granny houses. I love granny houses because they're usually really well-maintained. They usually have really good bones, but many times the decor is really dated. Well, is that an opportunity for someone to be able to build for a buyer to be able to build equity in that home and then to be able to put down roots in a really an established, awesome neighborhood with a great school district. So think about what the property is. Think about who you think the potential buyer is going to be and cater to that particular buyer in your marketing pieces. Um, Are you letting your sphere know about the property? You never know who you already know who is thinking about potentially moving to the area where your new listing is. How do you know? You might think you know, but if you haven't contacted that person in a while, maybe you literally have no clue that 
you know, your girlfriend from high school lives in one side of town and she really wants to be where your new listing is. Or maybe she knows someone. She's like, yeah, my brother and sister-in-law have been looking for a house over there for months. You just never know who knows someone. So just the more, like I said, more people you talk to, the more likelihood of you getting the home sold and making more contacts. We love hosting VIP open houses in a neighborhood. So what that is, it's a special open house for just the neighbors. So what that does is it makes the neighbors feel super special. This is another opportunity for door knocking or sending a postcard or circle dialing in the area. Say, hey, we're having a little muffins and mimosa open house an hour or two hours before the public open house on Saturday morning. Would love for you to come by and take a look. And you know how nosy neighbors are. A lot of times sellers are like, ugh, my nosy neighbor next door. I know she's going to come through the open house. Awesome. 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 I love nosy neighbors because nosy neighbors know other people and they might know someone that wants to move to the neighborhood. But on the flip side of that, the nosy neighbor also might be coming over because they want to see how me as the real estate agent is marketing the property. And what am I doing for their neighbors that they would like done for themselves when they go to list their home? Especially if you're selling a home in one of those neighborhoods that's just ready to turn over and all of the older kind of older generation is aging out of the neighborhood. And then everybody that's moving into the neighborhood are like young couples, young couples with kids, Those are the neighborhoods that are super ripe for the picking for VIP neighbor open houses. We, we say this all the time on the podcast, videos, 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 social media, social media, social media. These many times can be free resources for you. This doesn't have to cost a million dollars. You can be putting awesome reels, stories, TikToks, YouTubes, you can be doing all of this on your social media with your new listings. And what a great way to grab people's attention. Sometimes when you have photos of a listing, it can feel really like one dimensional, but then all of a sudden you have pictures on your social media. And then you're also pairing with videos and you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't get that that living room, dining room, kitchen was such a cool open concept. And holy cow, that looks incredible. And look at all those updates. I want to go check that out. It's you're, you're missing an opportunity if you're not capitalizing on social media. Uh, let's talk about brands. I mean, we talk about that this on the podcast all the time about how important your brand is. And if you don't have a brand that really speaks to who you are and how you do business, are you even running a business? Let's just be, let's just be honest here. Let's call it what it is. If you are operating like a secret agent and all of your marketing feels really mismatched and there's no connection and your signage is really generic, maybe you're just using like generic signs from your brokerage. Now is the time to start spending some money. It doesn't have to cost a fortune, but get a brand in place that really, really feels like you. So do you have branded templates? And what I mean by that is you can have a designer make some. We've had um, a brand strategist make all of them for the BPR experience, but maybe you don't have a budget for that. There's also really creative ways to do it on Canva. And if literally, if you're not using Canva, another missed opportunity. If you're wanting to 
figure out what Canva is and you want a discount code for Canva, reach out and I'll share my discount code with you. And I think you'd get like 50% off. So hold that's a whole side tangent, but your brand really speaks to who you are. And we use branded templates that have the property address. It has home features. It has a little write-up about the home and some photos. And so it scrolls through on social media and we use them on Facebook, Instagram. Um, We can use them for stories. We can use them for reels. We can use them for anything. But every single time we put a new listing on, those same templates pop up with the new homes information. So if somebody's scrolling on my social media, they can be like, oh my gosh, look, the BPR experience has a new listing. They know right away. It creates brand recognition and people, people like predictability. The consumer likes predictability. So they know exactly what to expect when a new listing pops up. They know to slide through the carousel of photos and they're going to be able to get all of the information. The predictability of what you post on social media creates a little trigger in the consumer's brain. And they're like, Oh, look, a new listing. You just want to really create that brand recognition on everything that you put out on your flyers. Are your signs really cool? Do you have directionals for your open house? Do you have social media templates? Do you have postcards that go out in the mail that are all branded? Is everything that you put out in terms of print and social, is it all cohesive? Does it all make sense for your brand? Does it feel authentic to you? This is things that the buyers connect with. This is something that sellers connect with. This is something that potential sellers connect with. I can't even tell you how many times I'm at an open house and people are like, oh my gosh, your sign is so cool. And all your signage is really cool. And like, we have branded water bottles we have at our listings, like everything about it is just like brand recognition upon brand recognition upon brand recognition. And all of that really attracts more business. When you're posting on social media, another thing that it does, and like everybody knows this, but a lot of people are just like, I just don't want to post on social media. The consumer wants to see that you're in the trenches every day and that you're successful and you actually know what you're doing. If you're a secret agent on social media or you're not on social media at all, I mean, let's just be honest. That's probably not the best way to go out and get more business. If you're on social media every day and you're in stories and you're being authentic and you're being yourself, that is the best way for someone to say, oh my gosh, look, this house just right down the street went for sale. And the BPR experience, look at how they're marketing it. Man, we're thinking about selling. We should really call them and see what they would do for our home and how they would get it ready. And will they make a cute video about our house? And will they have muffins and mimosas? And I know the Johnsons would totally come over for something like that. It's all about planting the seed and your vibe attracts your tribe. Do you do QR codes? That's something that's it, we started doing it during COVID. And it's pretty fun where we just will have a QR code framed on the countertop and it will just say a paperless way to get all the same information. So if somebody's old school and wants to grab a flyer, great. If somebody is, you know, techier or doesn't like clutter, they can scan the QR code and get all of the same information on their phone. And what I love about it is that as a listing agent, 
I'm branding the shit out of that, right? And the buyers are walking through and they're getting everything that's just completely branded the BPR experience on their phone. They have all my contact info. They have all of my information when they're downloading all of my info. And I like that. It's planting a seed in them. Maybe not to represent them as a buyer, but maybe the next time they go to sell, they're going to be like, yeah, she did such a good job with that. I'm going to call the BPR experience and have them come sell my home. Just planting the seed, planting the seed, planting the seed. You're getting like some of this repetition here. It's all about planting the seed. Let's talk about open houses for a bit. So we have had fewer showings on all of our listings across the board. But what we've seen is that most of our listings that we've had in the last three to six months, we've had far more showings at the open houses, especially as interest rates crept up. I don't know what the, I don't know that there's actually a correlation to those two things, but it feels like a lot of buyers are not wanting to inconvenience their agent. And they're like, well, I'm just going to pop by the open house and see if maybe I like this. And we had three listings right back to back to back that all sold from buyers that came through the open house. And then they're like, oh my gosh, I like this house so much more than I expected to like it. And then they call their agent and then schedule the showing. Or maybe it's the other way around. Maybe they come see your listing on the first day that it's on the market. And then they're like, well, we're really thinking about this one. Then the buyers will come back through the open house on the weekend and they don't need to inconvenience their agent. They can just come through the open house, take as much time as they want. Maybe they're a fly on the wall listening to other questions that other buyers are asking us at the open house. And the open house have created a lot of buzz. Our team has been doing two-hour open houses. Not that that wasn't a good amount of time, but I had another agent friend of mine say that he started doing hour and a half open houses and he's like, they work like a charm. What it does is it creates this big sense of urgency for everybody to show up. So then there's more people in the property at any one time and it creates a little bit more of a buzz about the property. And then if you're doing open houses back to back, you get a little bit more time in between the open houses to be able to do more, you know, two or three open houses in one day. And we love doing um, like Thursday happy hour open houses. We don't even serve booze or anything, but it's a great way to catch people on their way home from work. So we'll do like 4.30 to 6. And on average, we'll have like 8 to 10 groups of people through. And we're obviously marketing this for a while beforehand. We love Saturday morning open houses to catch people while they're out running errands on a Saturday morning. As the day goes on, in my mind, more people have things planned. So doing late afternoon open houses on a Saturday and Sunday, I just don't feel like they're attended as well as ones when you're going to catch people when they're out already doing stuff. Um, Sunday, we're in the Midwest. There's a lot of people that go to church around here. And having open houses too early in the day on Sunday can backfire because a lot of people are at church. So we usually don't start open houses until at least 11 on a Sunday. So like 11 to 1230 usually is a good amount of people that come through. And even like 
a one to two thirty can be good. But then you also have to keep in mind football season, golf season. If there's other big sporting events going on, if you're at a home, if there's like a big football team, a football thing happening, even on a Saturday, um, turn the game on the TV. You just never know if someone wants to be able to catch that score or the wife really wants to see the home and the husband really wants to be at home watching football. Um, So then you're really going to appeal to everybody. Potential open houses are for potential buyers, right? Like that just seems like a no brainer. But a lot of times buyers come through that are not represented, which is awesome if you are working the open house, because the whole idea is to A, sell the house and B, pick up more potential buyers that are ready, willing, and able and want to buy a home right away. But also, potential sellers come through open houses, and there's a good portion of buyers that are also have homes to sell. So you never know who's walking in the door at your open house that has other properties to sell. Maybe they're just doing sort of like an unofficial interview to see how you work your listings. And maybe this is how um, this new potential client is just sort of warming up to the idea of wanting to work with you. Maybe there's someone that lives in the neighborhood and they're like, okay, I want to see how the BPR experience markets for our neighbors. And I am really thinking about having them come over and to talk to them about working with us. But I just want to get a flair for like how they do business, how they talk to other potential buyers that are coming through the home. There's a lot of different things that are going through buyers and sellers minds when who they're determining who they want to work with. So how do you become that agent that everybody wants to work with? Um, Are you running ads on social media? Are you posting your new listings on your Google business page? Google business pages are free. It's like this. It's like a billboard. Anyone that's Googling homes for sale in Minneapolis, homes for sale in Tacoma, Washington, homes for sale in Seattle, whatever. uh, You want to be that agent that pops up and that ranks really high on the Google ranking. So make sure you're adding to your Google business page regularly, just like you add to your social media, like you do to Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. Did you know you can put videos on Google business page? Do you know that you can put new listings on there? Do you know you can advertise open houses? You can literally put anything on your Google business page. And if your SEO is driving traffic the right way, people are just going to start organically finding you. And then they're going to start picking up the phone and saying, Hey, I would love to set up an appointment to talk to you about coming to list my home. Okay. (laughs) It's like the holy grail of real estate is a come list me call. How about instead of sending out those old school just sold postcards is that you have a postcard that has all the social proof. And what that means is all of the details of the transaction that you marketed X amount of days as a coming soon. And you had 35 showings scheduled before you hit the market and you had three open houses and X amount of people came through. Um, you had X amount of people save the home on Zillow on realtor.com. MLS had X amount of people favorite the home as one that they wanted to tour. You did reverse prospecting and out of all of those efforts, you received three offers and all of them were over asking and you settled on an offer with X, Y, and Z terms. So maybe there was no inspection. Maybe you got an appraisal clause. 
or an appraisal like gap coverage, you sold for 105% of the asking price and maybe the seller got free rent back. So all of the nitty gritty details of the transaction, that's the information that all of the neighbors in the neighborhood want to know about. So a social proof postcard can be super, super powerful. And then maybe you put a QR code in the corner that says thinking about selling reach out here and maybe it will direct them to a landing page that they have to put their name and address in. Or maybe it's like scan the QR code for a free home valuation. Well, once somebody does that, then you all of a sudden have all of their information. There's so many different ways to get new business. So, and you know, last but not least, so you have a listing in a neighborhood that you love and you want to get more listing listings and more business out of that neighborhood, maybe this is the time that you start a farm and really start working that neighborhood, creating neighborhood events, being the like the neighborhood expert and really work it. You're not going to probably see super fabulous results from a farm immediately, but over time with time and consistency, there is a good chance that you will start seeing business from that neighborhood and you'll be viewed as the neighborhood expert. So those are just some of the old school tips, new tips, twists on old school tips that um, the BPR experience is using regularly to attract business, to get additional business. And we're capitalizing on our listings like mad because if we have a listing, it's like a brick of gold in our hands. And how, what can we do with that to make more money? They say it takes money to make money. Well, if we've got a listing, we've already got, we've got the business. How can we take that one piece of business and turn it into two, three, four deals down the road? So Bust Bunch Babes, I hope you got something out of this episode. I hope there was some nuggets that you could take away and say, yeah, I'm going to take this and put my spin on it. I'm going to take that tip, whatever, and use it in my business. We would love to hear what your favorite takeaways were and how can we continue to bring you more value like this. So reach out if you have any questions and if you need a QR code for Canva, I've got that too and would love to share that with you. Until next time, Bus Bench Babes, keep your face off a bus bench and keep being the badass boss babes that you are. Okay, girls, are you feeling as inspired as we are? We're over here cheering you on because you just finished another episode of the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast. If you want more, head over to girlgetyourfaceoffabusbench.com for show notes and more episodes. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. They mean the world to us and they're what keep us going. Girl, thanks for being here.